I'm Tyler Smith, and this is More Than One Lesson, episode 200. Very exciting. We've been doing this, uh, well, we've been doing it more than 200 weeks because for a while when I was doing this by myself, I was lucky to get an episode out per month because as it turns out, I'm very undisciplined um, as a person. So um, uh, before we get into it, I just wanted to let everyone know that this episode is brought to you by Faith Life TV, a new streaming service for the discerning Christian documentaries, narrative films, biblical epics, and more. Faith Life TV provides hours of insight and entertainment for Christian viewers looking to in, to be engaged emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Uh, and for listeners of More Than One Lesson, you can get a free month of Faith Life TV. Just go to morethanonelesson.com and click on the Faith Life TV link for your free month. Uh, and then this episode is also brought to you by DigiCycle Me, a service meant to provide logistical and emotional support to those in ministry. The nitty gritty of getting a ministry off the ground these days can be exhausting. So DigiCycle Me can help with blogging, social media posts, marketing, logo design, and many of the other elements crucial to any successful business or ministry. Just go to morethanonelesson.com and click on the DigiCycle logo on the right side of the page. Okay. So, very special thanks to uh, our sponsors. They're super awesome. And then I can also specifically attest to uh, DigiCycle Me. They have been helping more than one lesson and Battleship Pretension uh, for the last couple of months with our social media presence. And it has uh, helped out quite a bit. We consistently get new uh, new likes on Facebook, new followers on Twitter, and uh, in the case of BP, more followers on uh, Instagram. So that's remarkably helpful, and I highly recommend it if you have a ministry really of any kind, and maybe even just something that isn't specifically ministry related, but a website that you're trying to, to get off the ground. So anyway... Uh, all right, so we have once again, who's quickly becoming, I like to think, the face of more than one lesson. Uh, it is Reed Lackey. Reed, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's great to actually have been able to have these two conversations, uh, actually with another person, Yeah, <laughs> because I'm sure the listeners were getting tired of my monologuing <laughs> over and over again. I think it was, it was remarkably entertaining, and uh, once again, as we said last week, uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, uh, for my little uh, hiatus, I am doing uh, a little bit better, um, enough that I felt that, that I could do this, um, though I should mention, uh, for those that are curious, I'm still not necessarily out of the woods, uh, still having some rough days here and there, but, uh, but that's all right, because I'll say this, as I was making the notes for last week's episode, this week is going to be a bit more freeform, but as I was making the notes for last week's episode, uh, it felt good to get back into that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I I don't think I'm going to be going away anytime again anytime soon. Uh, but uh, but yeah, thank you everybody for your continued support and your prayers. Now, Reed, 
So you pitched this week's idea as a possible uh, solo episode for you. Right. And it sounded so intriguing to me that I thought, no, this needs to be a thing where two people are going back and forth. Sure. Um, not because I don't trust your take on it, but because I think every film goer and I, I at this point I'd say every TV watcher, mm. um, everybody who consumes visual media right. has an opinion on this, sure. whether they are aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think you're talking about larger cultural consumption of media, sure. which fascinated me. Yeah. And so I thought, so I said, let's, let's hold off on that until, uh, either I or one of the other co-hosts can, can weigh in as well. And so that's what we're talking about today. So Reed, what are we discussing Take us away. <laughs> um, well, I'll kind of uh, express these thoughts as they came to me when I was struggling with this idea from a, some social media conversations that I was mm-hmm. having. I, as of this as of this recording, I have not seen Dunkirk. I have not seen War for the Planet of the Apes. I have not seen Spider Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe by the time listeners hear this, I will have seen one or two of those films. Uh, I'm only just now getting into Game of Thrones. I guess it's seven seasons deep now. Uh, My wife and I are watching that show, 13 Reasons Why, that made Buzz feels like months ago now. And I remember thinking when I was catching up with this, I would see on social media, like everybody's talking about this right now. Everybody's talking about this right now. And I began to feel this this pressure like oh I, I need to get out to the theater but here was what was funny about it is i felt myself needing to get out to the theater not because i wanted to see the movie right but because i needed to be part of the conversation and needed to touch tone in some capacity to the cultural moment yeah. that was happening because when i come to those games late then I come back in and people have already moved on. Yeah. They don't care anymore to have the conversation. Uh, you'll have your couple of stragglers here or there who may yeah. still want to engage or they may have had a strong reaction to something. But for the most part, you come to it a little late and then most of the people have already been left behind. And there's this feeling that I began to have where I realized that I was watching something not so that I could watch it and have a reaction to it or a response to it, but so that I could watch it and understand what I was going to tell other people about it or how I was going to talk to other people about it. So it was this weird sort of out of mind experience, if we can call it that, where I would no longer be watching something simply because I was interested in it or it had caught my attention, but was more watching it so that I could remain relevant. Mm -hmm. And I, I find that my, my engagement with it suffered in a couple of different ways. Uh, and then I would love, you know, we can start the whole dialogue portion of it. This is basically the, the pitch mm-hmm. for for the episode is is this idea of sort of trying to resist the culture of, of now. Resi- re, you know, resist the culture of of first or, yeah. or immediate yeah. um, and relevance in general. That I would find that I would watch a film and I would be framing about a half hour into the film how I felt about it or what my thoughts were on it. Yeah. And I would, you know, about a half hour in. Yeah. And I'm constantly being taken out of it. Not because the film's doing anything wrong, but because I'm feeling this, this token in the back of my head where I'm like, you know what, I'm, 
when this film is over, I'm going to pop up the letterboxed rating. This is, you know, this is hovering around at like a three and a half. Sure. Maybe it'll pop up to four. Oh, I really like that moment. Oh, it's four, uh, four and a half, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm doing this in real time while I'm watching the film. And I began to recognize after doing that a couple of dozen times that I'm like, this is not fair to the artists who have put their time into doing this. Right. It's also not how I want to watch movies. Yeah. It's not how I used to watch movies. It's not how I... Like, I've always seen a film and then wanted to go talk to somebody about it, especially if it had a big impact on me. But this is a different thing where now I'm feeling like I have to see War of the Planet of the Apes this week. If I don't see War of the Planet of the Apes this week, then people are not going to care anymore what I have to say or what I think about this about this film. And, you know, it, it just really it began to stick some splinters in my brain that I couldn't that I couldn't quite dislodge about feeling like I needed to remain culturally relevant and that that was why I wanted to engage with this material. Not, not because I was interested in it or because it was in my wheelhouse, but because I needed other people to understand or recognize what I had to think or say about any of everything. And so that's the general okay. premise. Yeah. I have a, a few thoughts. The first is, um, so there is, okay, so uh, I don't know if it still does it, but for a long time, Comedy Central had their Comedy Central Presents. Oh. And it was essentially a series of half-hour specials by, that. by comedians that either had been somewhat established, but maybe that, you know, Jerry Seinfeld didn't have a, a Comedy Central right, Presents. Right. But it's, you know, somebody like a Jim Gaffigan or a mm. Dane Cook or a Mitch Hedberg, like in, in 2000 and 2001, yeah. that's kind of the thing that sprung them towards other things, right. uh, at least on Comedy Central and from their larger things. So I remember uh, Jim Gaffigan, his first Comedy, Comedy Central Presents, um, he, uh, he had a bit where he said, have you ever seen a movie that is several years old and you see it for the first time and nobody cares where, and, right. and so he gives an example and he's like, Hey, I just saw heat. <laughs> and it's like, heat. I saw that six years ago. <laughs> it's like, right. yeah, but I want to talk about it now. Right. And it's like, no loser. <laughs> and so, you know, just kind of yeah. playing that up. And it's interesting because I feel like it might, it might not be as judgmental as the loser part, but I feel like, that's now the case with something that came out a month ago, mm, yeah. maybe even two weeks ago, two weeks. Yeah. Um, certainly when it comes to stuff that, for example, pops up on Netflix. Sure. Right. TV shows, especially. I remember when Arrested Development, the fourth season of Arrested, right. of Arrested Development came out. It came out, I believe, on a Friday. Mm. And by Monday, everyone I know had seen it. Yeah. I knew someone like all of it. Yeah. I knew someone who had seen it twice. Wow. And, you know, and people were talking about it, but within a week, this highly anticipated, and I don't mean anticipated like for a few months. Sure. It'd been anticipated for years. Right. Within a week, something else had come along, maybe two weeks, something else had come along and it was no longer part of the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. People could return to it, but you know, you mentioned that as of the day of recording, you you're, you and your wife are watching 13 Reasons Why. Right, right. And that feels like old news to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was only from a couple of months ago. Yeah. Maybe I would not have to look that. it up. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. But it wasn't that long ago that it dropped. I recently started watching Glow. Oh, which is still on my list. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. But. And that's one that is a, is a bit more recent, but mm-hmm. everyone I know 
has seen all of it yeah. at this point. Yeah. And it's fascinating just how much I think a lot of the, a lot of it has to do with streaming, which, which is the idea, the idea of the what. So you talked about cheers yeah, uh, right, uh, right. a few weeks ago and you know, you hear about it, like you heard about it with Seinfeld and all this, you know, the, there was the Seinfeld masturbation episode, the master oh, right, of my right. domain episode. And it was like, Oh, everybody the next day saw it. And they were talking about it at work at the, the water, water cooler. cooler. Yeah. Well now, especially i mean you can still with like game of thrones you can do that like stuff that's more tri- stuff that's actually airs on tv but with stuff like netflix netflix especially yeah um the idea of talking about a specific episode that's gone right because that might be the fourth episode in a 12 episode season and everybody watched it at once and rather than talk about it as episode four, oh, did you see that episode it might be a plot point in the larger 12 episode arc and i don't know i feel like the streaming element forces us to think about movies and tv certainly in a different way uh but we can get to that in a moment um what i was going to ask you is this feeling this this feeling of of for lack of a better term obligation or Mm -hmm. the urgency yeah um to watch stuff as soon as you can to be part of the conversation. Right. Do you think that is a function of just the way things are going or is it because you're a podcaster now you are That's a good question, something of a, of a, uh, a low, le- like myself, a low level public figure. Yeah. And I've had instances where people on Twitter ask me, have you seen this movie yet? And it came out a couple days ago. Right. Right. You know, have you seen this movie? I'd love to get your take on it. And it's like, Oh, I might not have even been planning on seeing it. Right, right. You know, but because I'm, I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time, and I've made my peace with it because mm-hmm. this is what I'm doing. Right. But there is an element. I'll give an example. <laughs> I don't care about Dunkirk. Mm-hmm. Now, okay. I have no doubt that it's pretty good. Sure. And I will see, by the time this goes up, I probably will have seen it. But as of, today i haven't seen it and i'm not excited for it and even though the reviews are all sparkling and i sure. and when the time comes if i see it and i enjoy it i will let myself enjoy it sure. but i really there's just something about modern christopher nolan that just does not interest me yeah. and there's something about modern like war movies where it's just like unless you're going to bring something really new to it i just don't it's not something i seek out but I'm doing two podcasts. Right. And Christopher Nolan is a big, you know, he's like Paul Thomas Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson or the Coen brothers or Quentin Tarantino. Right. Doing what I do, you have to see it. Yeah. Because it's it's a big you it's a big story. <laughs> right. And so it's like, all right, yeah, it's I'm going to see Dunkirk, a movie that yeah, maybe I'd see it otherwise, but I certainly would not see it with the level of urgency that yeah. everybody uh that that I have now. Right. And um but there was a moment several years ago when I kind of was where you are cuz you're still relatively new to podcasting, not sure. really, but yeah. um well, I've only been a regular co-host on uh, you know a cyclical co-host on more than one lesson for i think it's going on a year now has and it only been a year it might have been a little bit longer than that because i know so, so fear oh it's been longer than that because okay. fear of god will turn a year next month okay so so it's definitely been longer than that it may be creeping up on two years okay. that i've been so still very recent mm-hmm. but i think what i was gonna answer to your question 
if your thought was finished. Oh, go ahead. The, uh, that I, I do think there is something of this being the trend of the way things going, but I think more so than the fact that I'm a that I'm now a podcaster is the group of people that I run with. Yeah. So it is. And this can broaden out a bit because I feel like this pressure would not necessarily exist for people who weren't in a group of friends who were also cinephiles. Right. And I don't know that it's necessarily a function of the fact that I feel the urgency to talk about it on my show or on this show. Yeah. I, I think it's more everybody else is talking about it. So so my friends are all talking about it. So I need to make sure it's it's again this sort of weird peer pressure thing where because they're all going to be seeing it this weekend. Right. Then I need to make sure I remain relevant to all of them. Yeah. And I think that's more a function uh, but I do agree that there is a Netflix has changed the game. There's no, there's no secret about that. They yeah. They've changed the way we engage with media. They, they've changed how we watch media. There was an interesting thing, and this might be a slight diversion of topic, but I'll, I'll mention this thought. We can either run with the rabbit trail of it or we can go back to what we were talking That's about. That's fine. We got time. <laughs> but I remember somebody was saying, somebody had done a neurological study on the difference between reading an ebook versus reading a physical book, be mm-hmm. it paperback or hardcover. And they said... Studies had shown that it was easier to retain information you had read in a physical book than to retain information you had read in an ebook. And they said part of it is because when your brain is registering an ebook, it is looking at the same thing. The words are changing, right. but it is looking at the same device, and the device is not changing. You're clicking a button, whether it's your iPad or your Kindle or your phone or whatever. The device is stationary. Yeah. But the images on the device are changing versus holding a book. You feel it in your hand when you're in the early part of the book, when you're in the later part of the book, it feels differently in your hand. When you're in the middle, there's a, there's a weight differentiation. You can look from one side of the page to another side of the page and your brain is cataloging those pieces of information and is retaining certain elements that help to draw those factoids back when you're trying to remember what you read about something. So they've done, again, all of that to say they've just done some neurological studies that show it is easier to retain information when you're looking at that physical printed book than when you're looking at an ebook. I wonder if there's a similar thing going on, though I haven't heard of any studies doing this, but I wonder if there's a similar thing going on when you look at Netflix and like we kind of talked about last week that Castlevania kind of feels more like one cohesive movie yeah. rather than a series, even though it is broken up into episodes, it's less than, you know, it's feature length. Yeah. So it's not this broad, big thing. You consume it all in one chunk. But when you're looking at a series like glow, which I haven't seen, but you're looking at a series like glow, I think it's like eight to 10 episodes or something, or we're watching 13 reasons why, which is 13 episodes. You watch it in this big continuous stream and you watch it at your pace. Yeah. So, I wonder if our brain is registering something different than when it's it's Sunday night, it's time for Game of Thrones. Or yeah. it's Sunday night, it's time for Walking Dead. I remember the last time that we had this, and my wife teases me about my retention rate with this often, when Lost was airing. You know, I'm, 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 It's no secret by now that I'm a huge Lost fan. It yeah. may be my favorite contemporary TV show. So I was very big on Lost, and it was like destination. Same night every week. Yeah. I knew when I woke up that morning, I'm going to get a new Lost episode tonight. You know, it was all of that sort of thing. And all of that fueled my engagement with it. But I remember it felt different with that because I did get to talk. I wanted to talk about it with everybody. Yeah. 
but I was watching it for the show. Yeah. So I was watching it because the art was drawing me in that way versus something like, I remember when I felt this most cogently was when Mary Tyler Moore passed away at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. I immediately wanted, because it's a top five favorite show for me, I immediately wanted to revisit the Dick Van Dyke show. Right. I own all of the seasons on DVD and it's currently streaming on Netflix. So, cause it's, because it's been a favorite show of mine since I was like eight or nine years old. I watched it on Nick at night. So I immediately wanted to revisit the Dick Van Dyke show. And here's what I felt myself doing. Like in the last few weeks, I would want to watch an episode. I would feel it. I would want to watch an episode. Yeah. And something would creep in and be like, you, you've only got time for like, like maybe an hour of TV viewing. Yeah. And so you've only got a little bit of time. You need to get a little further in 13 Reasons Why. You need to get a little further in Game of Thrones because that's what people are talking about. Yeah. Dick Van Dyke Show, nobody cares anymore. It aired in the in the 50s and that was, or yeah, 50s, and th- that was it. Everybody's, everybody's moved on. And so it's one of those things, 50s or 60s, I can't remember. Forgive me, listeners. But it's one of those things where it's like, that's what I really felt myself wanting to watch. And then, like I like I'd talked about with Cheers, it was... Something I, that was not that long ago, maybe maybe a year or two ago, that I was like, I want to watch something that's new to me, yeah, but that does actively remove the pressure of everybody else is going to be talking about this. Yeah. I just want to watch a new show and see what the show has to give me. And Cheers was one of the most rewarding, like watching experiences that I had ever had, yeah, because it's a great show on its own. But it's also one of those things where. I didn't feel this pressure. I watch it at my pace. When I yeah. felt like watching it, I'd watch eight episodes or I'd watch two episodes or who cares? Yeah. It didn't matter. Versus the way I'm engaging with the content that's more recent and yeah. more of the now that I feel that I have got to have a, I've got to walk out of the theater and by the time I get to the car, I better have a cohesive review that's clever and insightful that I can pop up on Letterbox tonight that people know how I feel about it. Yeah, Processing time is out the window digestion is out the window and yeah do you also feel uh not merely the pressure to have an opinion but do you also feel the pressure to have a specific opinion absolutely okay if everybody loves a thing then okay so so i'll say this um all a flutter now uh is get out or not now but earlier this year was get out sure okay here was my experience of Get Out. I think Get Out is a great movie. Okay. I I would even go so far as to say I loved it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was inventive. It was fun. Um, and it was, yeah. I mean, I, it, it, we watched it with a, some diverse friends. And so there sparked a lot of great conversation afterwards. But I did not walk out with the kind of experience that was like game changing for me. Right. So it wasn't for me the kind of thing that's like I've seen other films that I will because of my sensibilities that I'll revisit more often. Yeah. But when you when you talk about that film, you kind of need to be and this. I'm using listeners can't see that I'm using need to be with like air quotes, but you kind of need to be. In the camp of recognizing and, you know, glowing praise of it or need to be in this ultra critical place where you really are sort of tearing it down. You can't. 
It, it can't just be a movie. Yeah, it can't just it be a movie. It has to be a cultural thing. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm not picking on that film. I Like I said, I loved that film. Yeah. But it, it does raise to my mind the awareness of like, that's how people are watching movies now. Yeah. Is now you have to talk about that. You can't yeah. just, and, and that's maybe a bad example because that's also a film that kind of invites that. Sure. Um, but also uh, there was the situation with, um, with Split, with Shyamalan's new film. Hmm. And it has, have you seen Split yet? I have. Okay. So it had, that's right. Yeah, I remember reading your review. I don't know why I asked you that. So Split has that conceit that I won't spoil here in case people have not seen it yet. Right. So Split has a conceit to it. Um, and I remember like a couple of people came to the game a little late. They came yeah. to Split a little late and, uh, and then, you know, were frustrated by not being able to be part of this yeah uh, you know of oh I, I didn't get wowed when everybody else got wowed and yeah. everything and it's it, it, it i apologize if i'm being a bit rambly here but it is just a recognition that's coming to my attention right now and i almost to a degree want to rebel sure and almost to a degree want to be like i'm not watching anything that comes out this year Hmm. And I, you know, there's stuff that's coming out this year that I'm interested in. My wife and I might be going next week to see Spider-Man because yeah. it's our anniversary and we're going to be having this you know, fun date night and all this other kind of stuff. So we're probably going to see that movie uh, because I'm interested in that. But there's almost a part of me that wants to go so far back to be like, no, I want to engage yeah. with what I'm interested in. Yeah. And I want to engage with the kind of stuff that I know I'm going to that, that, that I like rather yeah. than feeling the urgency to be relevant to the conversation and i think a good a good portion of this can be look i recognize i'm going to sound like a curmudgeon when i complain about the internet the fact is people are listening to this on the internet the internet has allowed most of my life Mm. uh my for the last 10 years you know and it has been remarkably rewarding in a number of ways so it'd be ridiculous for me to complain about the internet okay so i please know that i Take this with a grain of salt because I certainly am. But there is, there is yes, an impact of what could, what has been called film Twitter, but just being part of the film lovers community right. online. And it's this, like you said, like you have to run off to Letterboxd. I have the same instinct. Right. Um, just so like, and I don't necessarily write a review, but I'll just put a, I'll put a star rating there. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows like, Oh, hmm, Tyler didn't really care for, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think what I've seen lately that I didn't <laughs> right. care for. Right. Um, Oh, I feel like I saw something recently that I really didn't like. Oh, well, yeah. thankfully it's, uh, has left my mind. <laughs> um, it was evidently forgettable. Oh, it was Batman versus Har- uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, the, uh, DC animated film that I saw. Oh, at, uh, I got Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it can be, it can provide so much pressure that you have to see this thing because everybody else is seeing it. You right. don't want to be out of step with everybody else. Yep. Um, there is a certain attitude about this thing that happens almost immediately. And I will tell a story. And then of course there's, there's the personal uh, uh, idiosyncrasies for example, here's a story from 2012. I've told it on, on, I think I've told it on this podcast. I don't quite remember. Um, there's a movie called Holy Motors. Oh yeah. I remember your thoughts it's, on that. It's a, a, it was a, I believe a French film by a Leos Carex. And 
it's uh, it's very strange, oddly experimental, um, in many ways a, a marvelous film. And I actually had the opportunity. I was going to see a critic screening of it. Mm. I hadn't heard anything about it. I didn't. I had heard at some film festival it, it was well received, and that was it. But I, uh, on the way to the screening, I turned left when I should have turned right, and boy, did that wind up wind up making a. It, it added twenty minutes essentially to my commute, and I would have been ten minutes late to the film. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm. So. I wound up canceling going to that screening and boy, I wish that hadn't happened. I wish that I had not gotten lost because here's what happened. And after that is it started winning a bunch of critics awards, film Twitter and the film community, the, the film, the online film criticism community latched onto it. So it was like one of the best movies of the year yeah, and said, it's a work of genius and all of these things. So by the time some friends and I went to go see it, I was so aware that it's like, well, this is not my usual type of film. Mm. It's a little bit experimental. I might not like it. Yeah. And I psyched myself out so much that I couldn't even really enjoy it while I was watching it because I was constantly like, all right. I was constantly assessing. I was standing outside of the film and I was like, okay, if I don't like this, people will say that I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And that I just, I'm just a, for a long time, I rebelled against being known as like the, the story and character guy. Oh, okay. Um, cause people had described me that way. And the way I, the way I heard that was, oh, you might as well just go and uh, review plays. You clearly <laughs> don't like movies. Oh. No one said that. That's sure. how I interpreted it. I gotcha. Um, and so, well, this is not a story and character type of movie. Mm. And so if I don't like it, it's because I'm some Neanderthal who's like, where are the explosions? Right. You know, where oh, are the transformers? Right, right, right. Um, that's on one side. But I also thought like, if I wind, if I wound up liking it too much, I will look like some kind of fraud mm. and that I'm liking this thing that everybody else likes. And I probably like it only for that reason. Mm. So by the time I got out of the movie, I had, so a bu- so the friends that I went with, they were all going to go out and, and go to a, a, late night cafe afterwards i opted to go home where i had not necessarily an anxiety attack but a complete breakdown and a complete emotional breakdown because i was freaked out about not having the right opinion oh yeah yeah which of course doing what you and i do having quote unquote the right opinion is seen as very important Mm. um and i actually wound up calling david at like one or two a.m Sure. And saying like, cause he had seen the movie. I was like, look, here's my, uh, here's my situation. And he rather wisely asked, well, what did you think of the movie? Mm. And he's like, what did you think about this? And asked about a specific scene. And I, and I gave my opinion. He goes, well, what about this? And I gave my opinion and he goes, yeah. And then, so he and I started talking about the movie. Yeah. We started talking about the movie the movie right not the reaction to the movie not the cultural impact of the movie we started talking about the film itself where we started engaging with it on its terms and bringing ourselves to it and i felt much better and i realized like man the amount of pressure Mm -hmm. that comes with any 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 film or tv show it's very easy for that to be the story 
Yeah. And the thing that we focus on, whereas if we keep in mind like that, it's about the film and my reaction to it, sure. regardless of when I see it and regardless of what that reaction might be, that is how art is meant to be. Yeah. But that's the relationship. It's a relationship. It's communication mm -hmm. and response. And it's this back and forth. And it's this really beautiful thing if you let it be. But I do think that there is, there's such emphasis placed on, as you say, the now, the right yeah. now. They're like, you need an opinion immediately. Like you need to see it when it comes out. Yeah. You need an immediate opinion and it needs to be in some way, you need to be at least aware of the consensus Yeah. so that your opinion is, is either stands in opposition to it or it's right there with it. Yeah. It's all of this stuff that really has nothing to do with the film. Yeah. And yeah, it is exhausting. And I'll, I'll even go one, I'll even go one step further. Uh, I really hope that this does not detriment our friendship, but oh my, okay. <laughs> so I recent, the other sort of, and I didn't tell you about this one. Uh, when I was trying to decide what I would eventually, what eventually became the man who shot Liberty Valance mm -hmm. episode, I was going through a number of solo topics in my head because social media can be a nasty beast. And, and I was engaging on a couple of levels. One was this idea that we're discussing right now. The mm -hmm. other one that I was going to maybe do is what I was going to very pretentiously call in defense of opinion. Mm -hmm. But so there was some interaction that happened where somebody was trying to decide if they should see the movie minions or not. Okay. So they're just trying to decide, should I see this movie or not? And immediately they suggested like, should I see this movie minions or not? And a, a flurry of, Oh, it's garbage. It's awful. Half star, one star right. pitiful film, you know, don't wasted an hour and a half of your life. Ridiculous, awful flurry of those little things. And then I'm friends with this person. So if this person is listening to this episode, I adore you. This is not a personal attack, but they found my review on Letterboxd and shared it. I gave the film four stars. And the reason I gave it a film four stars, I called out in the thing is because I said this, I watched this on Saturday morning in the pajamas with my son. Mm -hmm. And it was, I laughed a few times and it looked great. So this was a four star movie experience for me. That wasn't to say that I think Minions is necessarily a four-star movie. And I was right. like, okay, in retrospect, I'd probably ding it down to like three or maybe two and a half. Yeah. But I enjoyed myself yeah. watching that movie. And so then it suddenly became this whole big thing where it's like, well, uh, should I revise my opinion about Minions or, right. or whatever? And, it was, and, and then it was funny because a lot of people are like, oh, it's garbage. And then the person who eventually watched it was in the one-star camp. They was like, it's garbage. Yeah. It's utter garbage. And so I'm sitting here, I'm like, like man, like, I didn't, I didn't mind it that much. Like, yeah. I wasn't, I'm going into a movie called Minions. Where, like, I've seen the Despicable Me films. Like, part of it, part of it wanted to be like, what did you think you were getting from this film? Or like, what did, what did you think this film was trying to do? And it was an interesting thing. Like in this subject, in this conversation, you talked about, you know, like having the right opinion. Yeah. If you don't like something that everybody really likes, there's this whole thing surrounding Batman versus Superman. You're either yeah. going to be in this camp where you're like, people don't understand quality and character, or you're going to be in this camp where like, it's awful. It's terrible. A waste of this, yeah. that, or the other. And there's like these battle lines drawn where you have to, you have to pick a side. Yeah. And, and like we've said earlier in this episode, like it can't just be a movie that yeah. you saw. And, 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 and like, 
I can recognize, we've talked about it in relation to Christian film before, that somebody could make a good argument, like, why do you beat up on this one thing so much? Right. Well, because there's better versions of that thing out there, like, and you should want more, and you should expect more. I get that, but and, and I don't even disagree with that. I champion that. But there could also, there's also a little bit of a, like, in me, I mean, I, like, I like the Ernest movies. Like, they're silly. They're stupid. They're funny. You know? like Yeah, I forgot that about you. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll see my way out. So, but but sincerely. That, gee, I'm glad it's raining song. Are you kidding me from Ernest <laughs> Goes to Camp? Just like the most maudlin well, thing in the world in the midst of the most ridiculous thing in the world. It's pretty ridiculous. <laughs> oh, That's boy. Not, camp is not even my favorite one, though. I love the scared, stupid one. But like. That has moments of actual uh, frights. Yes. That troll yeah. looks terrifying. Yeah. And it, it, it there's a couple of shots where like the kid turns, rolls over in the bed and the big yeah. nasty trolls. It's a scary. It's right there. Yeah. It's got, I mean, like I wouldn't call it a scary movie, but you're right. It's got some frights to it. Casting all of that aside, like. There is this thing where it's like, I just, I want to like what I like. And I yeah. want to like it when I like it. I love movies. I love, I love, uh, I don't love TV as much as I love movies, but like I love stories. Yeah. I, I love those things. And I don't want to lose why I love them in the midst of needing to love them a certain way or needing yeah. to love them at a certain time. Yeah. Because you and I, I know you'll agree with this, that your perspective on a film can change depending on when you see it in your life. Absolutely. That... 10 years from now, Exorcist may not be my favorite movie anymore. Yeah. That I don't know, but... they be replaced by Minions. Who's to say? <laughs> the rate this is going. Yeah. But there are, there are things where you experience... I will say, like, It's a Wonderful Life used to be, like, a maybe it would crack the top 50, and now it's yeah. my second favorite movie of all time, and that is absolutely pertaining to I'm 36 years old and have a family now. Yeah. And I see that film differently. And there is something about just... I yearn for, and I have the choice. I have, I can make the decision tomorrow to re-engage with it and disengage with that other side of it. Yeah. That I have the, I have the response I have. I enjoyed that. I liked that. I'm going to sit with that for a little bit. I'm going to think about it. And you know, it's so interesting. Um, I, as a, as a movie watcher, and I think as a person, I've changed a little bit. I used to in high school and probably college and maybe even up until a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I had a very firm opinion about how if you like a movie or you don't like a movie, you have to have reasons. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to justify it. You yeah. have to be able to verbalize yep. it. Yep. I might stand by verbalize. You have to be able to verbalize it. Mm. That's not the same as justify, but boy, yeah. did I think everyone needed to justify their opinion. And if right. they couldn't, then you know what? Why am I even, why am I even bother talking to you? Well, that's dumb. That's a dumb opinion. That's right. the opinion of a college student. If mm -hmm. you'll pardon me and no offense to college students who maybe <laughs> have moved beyond that opinion or, ne or never had it in the first place. Um, what I think I realize now is that I don't always know why I respond to a movie. Now I have a, I have a responsibility given my choice of profession to try to figure it out. Right. You know, but that's because of the choices that I've made. Not everybody has made that choice. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I were having a conversation that I'll have to clean up. Unfortunately, we were having a conversation <laughs> before this, yeah. uh, in which people, somebody engaged me on social media, mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook about a political opinion I had. Mm -hmm. And, 
they had this and they didn't like this opinion. And by the way, I hadn't even really expressed much of an opinion. Mm, right, um, I right. simply liked something. That was it. Mm-hmm. And then this person said, I want, and this person posed a bunch of questions and said, I want, you know, I think you need to answer my questions. Mm. I think you, you know, I deserve an answer, whatever it is you said. And my, res- my response, though not to him, my, res- my internal response, which again, I'm going to have to clean this up, which is like, how about this? How about screw you? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is I feel like with politics and art or really anything, I do think that there's this attitude, maybe because, probably because of social media, where everybody feels like they are somehow entitled to certainly their opinion, but they're entitled to your opinion. Mm. Like, no, no, no. It's not enough that you like something or don't like something. Right. You need to convince me that it's okay for you to like something. Right. Uh, it probably comes out of their own entitled uh, entitlement about their opinion. Right. And I feel like that's something that I that I am that I have moved away from, I think, as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it I think a lot of what we're talking about can be rolled into this idea of obligation. Yeah. This idea of like I feel obligated to I feel obligated to see something at a certain time and f- form an opinion, a definitive opinion as fast as possible. Yeah. You know, cause art absolutely, you know, cause if you see Mulholland drive, you surely have an opinion immediately. Right. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and then, and then having the right opinion. And if you yeah. don't have the right opinion, then you need to justify that. And all of these things that have nothing to do with the movie at yeah. all. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it can be exhausting at best. Yeah. And anxiety and uh, inducing at, at worst. Yeah. Um, and I'm reminded, and I, part of me wants to end on this. So, uh, but we don't have to. So if this inspires more discussion, sure, sure. that's fine. Cause I think this is something that can definitely bear out. Uh, an entire podcast could be devoted honestly to the way modern media has changed the way we watch the way I'd say maybe modern technology has changed the way we engage with, with media. You know, you brought up the idea of the, the ebook versus the actual book. Sure. Right. right. Um, but this is something that I had to keep in mind, uh, with that Holy motors thing. When, Oh shoot it's Peter that walks on water, right? Or is it John? Yeah, it's Peter. Peter. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I, yeah. I never quite know. It's like, well, okay. Yeah. It's all these, it's all these kind of generic names. Anyway, <laughs> that sounds terrible, of course, but Peter walks on water. How is he able to do that? Mm. He keeps his eyes on Jesus. He keeps right. his eyes on the prize. Right. And it's only when he starts to worry about the things around him mm-hmm. that he starts to sink. Yeah. And, to go back to that Holy Motors story that I told David, whether he knew it or not, he was getting my eyes fixed on where they were supposed to be the whole right, time. Right. The movie. Yeah. Now, while obviously you never see a movie in a vacuum because there, there will be cultural connotations. That's fine. But you're still focused on what the movie has to say about right. that. Sure. If you focus on that, then really that's all that, that's all that really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you are doing what, what we do and you have to put it into words eventually, or you're just doing your own thing, uh, all this other stuff is a distraction. And so yeah. 
and a distract. Uh, I think one that can be very destructive. Um, I agree. Cause I think it can, it can artificially force you into verbalizing into forming and verbalizing opinion that you may actually not have mm. or not have arrived at if you had given yourself some time. Sure. Yeah. I think that I do have, I do have one brief response that sure. I'll put that this, this is uh, echoing a book that I read maybe uh, a number of, of years ago, it feels like, but there's a, a writer by the name of Walter Brueggemann and he wrote a book that is called Sabbath as resistance is the name mm. of the book Sabbath as resistance and kind of the idea, uh, which is funny. It kind of, kind of pertains to this conversation is talking about how, it reframes the idea of the commandment to take a Sabbath as resisting the striving, like cease striving. Yeah. So the demands of the, of the now, the demands yeah. of the immediacy and the relevance, like cease that. And I'm thinking about it in, in this context of like, like you said, we're, we're podcasters. There's, there's a certain degree to which we kind of will never be able to fully escape that dynamic. Sure. But we can institute a Sabbath of sorts in this idea where it's like, you know what, this, this pocket is devoted to, we're just going to engage with, with the art. We're just going to sit here and stare at the painting, or I'm just going to take a walk or, or sit in a chair and read this book. And I'm going to just watch this movie because I'm interested in seeing this movie. And if I, if nobody else aside from maybe our wives finds out that I've seen or even that, I've seen movies late at night that my wife doesn't even know I watched. But yeah. I'm sitting there, I'm like, I really enjoyed that. I loved that movie. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I recently watched uh, a movie on Netflix called The Stanford Prison Experiment. Oh, that's on my list. I'm curious about it. Came out a couple years ago. It's great. Mm. And it's great precisely because the, it's such a fascinating yeah. story. That's Billy Crudup, right? Yeah. And the, okay, yeah. And it's executed wonderfully. And with that, it's... It, I don't think I realized this until this moment as we're having this conversation. I felt a shocking freedom mm. while I was watching. Mm. Mm-hmm. And here's how I will phrase it now. The freedom that I felt was it's nice to be watching a movie that nobody cares about. Yeah. But of course people do care about it. People cared enough to make it. I cared enough to watch it. Mm-hmm. But what I, but what I mean is, it's nice to be watching a movie that I am not immediately forced to do all of these other all right. of these tangential things. Mm-hmm. I can watch this movie, enjoy it or not enjoy it, have it be a part of me as a person, right, right. and then move on. Yep. Maybe I can recommend it to somebody if I like it, which I do, um, mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. It's fine. Right. And. There's just something wonderful about that. On July 4th, Jen and I went to see Jaws in the theater. Huh. I've seen Jaws a few times. Uh, <laughs> once and or twice. And I've seen it in the theater once before. Mm-hmm. And then we actually saw it uh, on the 4th of July a couple years ago uh, in like a park, like a yeah, screening there. Right, right. Um, which, by the way, is not the same as seeing it in a movie theater because mm. the sound is different and all that. Mm. Um, and funnily enough, uh, as we were waiting for the show to start, there was a family off to our left and there was a teenage kid who actually was complaining about seeing this in the theater. It's weird. It's so on the nose where he said like, we could watch this on video. Hmm. We could be seeing something else right now. And his dad was like, it's not the same. Hmm. 
which is true. Yeah. Right. But it is this attitude. Like it could be a money thing. It could be whatever. Like this seems like he, the kid is essentially saying, this is a waste of our time. We can watch jaws at any time. Right. Right. However we want have it. But this was a seven o'clock show at this specific theater. It required us to kind of adapt ourselves to the movie, Mm -hmm. to the movie. Yeah. Right. Not to all this stuff around the movie. And, but I felt, I felt a certain degree of tension going into it because I thought like she and I could be seeing so many other things right now. Right. I already know what I think about Jaws. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I do. But it's a wonderful film and I felt like reengaging with it. And absolutely. that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I, and by the way, I came out, I came out with even more opinions about about Quint and Robert Shaw's amazing performance. Yeah. Because Except I hadn't thought about it in the 70 plus times I've seen it. <laughs> and that's the thing because yeah, the movie may not have changed, but you've changed. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why like it's kind of become a little bit of a ritual for me Saturday mornings or sometimes even Sunday mornings before church. Uh, my son gets up kind of early. It's Saturday morning movies in our pajamas. And recently uh, he, this past Saturday, uh, the dark crystal, which I've seen mm. many, many times. I've never seen and, it. And oh, it, I love it. I love it. And getting like Dark Crystal. I know it very well. Yeah. I could I could recite the whole plot for you in in a, in, a, in a mere moments, but getting to watch it, getting to watch like him react to different things or get scared when the, you know, the scary parts come and and all this different stuff and it it's just yeah, it's great. Because I don't, because I don't have to post right after that about yeah. like, hey, saw the dark crystal. Everybody, let's talk about it. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I'm not, and and I don't want to trash that. I enjoy those kind of conversations. Yeah, I absolutely. like those conversations. But it is so you're so on the nose that like it is absolutely freeing to be able to just watch a film and it's that relationship again. This yeah. is just me. Whoever I might be watching the movie with and the movie. And yeah. that's the that's the relationship that we're having. That's this moment in time. And uh, yeah, that's very liberating. It's very refreshing. Even as I'm sitting here yeah. talking about this, I'm like, that's the thing is I, it makes me want to rebel. And just like, I'm just going to watch what I'm interested in watching and, and nothing else. I don't know that I'll actually no. go that route, but it's a very refreshing thought. And it's, and it's a very, and what we're talking about it there is another variation for movie lovers which is oh you haven't seen this classic film right right how could you not have seen it and it's like because i was seeing other things <laughs> right i'm a human being with a job <laughs> you know yeah. and a wife i love yeah and occasionally want to talk to <laughs> you know i haven't i was it's it's that pressure now of course I do, I'm I'm more a bit more forgiving of someone who's like you know what I've never seen in my it, for, this is an example for me I've never seen the Three Colors trilogy I've never seen Seven Samurai oh, things okay. I think I would right. like and people say is great I will see it but it's just as easy for that to become obligatory it's like all right I can check that off the list it's like checking something off the list is not engaging with art no no you not know? at all now chances are you might go into it with the desire to check something off the list but because these are great movies it's like okay never mind like when yeah. i saw the three colors trilogy um i was kind of checking something off the list but about 10 minutes into the first one i thought like never mind this is amazing i'm just gonna watch <laughs> right. it like this right right um, yeah but you know what's interesting is actually when i saw seven samurai when i saw three colors trilogy i took a month off of mm-hmm. bp and MTOL. Oh yeah. I literally, yeah, I took I a, a sabbatical or a hiatus, whatever you want to call it. Right. So that I could watch these movies mm-hmm. and not 
and be able to just live with my opinion instead of reporting right. back immediately. Right. Exactly. Um, and I don't think I even realized that's what I was doing at the time, but that was the effect. Yeah. And it, and it freed me up to just have my opinions and think about them for a while. Yeah. And it was really, it was really wonderful. And so, uh, listeners, I recognize that we might have come off like a couple of curmudgeons, <laughs> but I guess the thing we're coming away with is hopefully we're encouraging you. And th- this could be a spiritual thing as well. Uh, though I don't necessarily want to shoehorn that in artificially. Like we're talking about at the moment engagement with art, but in general, it's this idea of we put so much pressure on ourselves based on what other people think, what other people are talking about when it comes right down to it. Like, and this might sound a little bit selfish, but I don't, I don't think it is our responsibility to film, to TV, to art in general. Our responsibility is to approach it on its own terms and then allow ourselves to have our own honest reaction yeah and allow other people to have their honest reaction sure as long as you're doing that i think that's fine uh not merely fine i think that's exactly what we should be doing sure and it never hurts to have a conversation like this with yourself with uh, a friend Mm -hmm. uh and just make sure that like okay hang on am i have i gotten off track and we all do right i certainly have right um at which point what i would say is if you find that you have done this Find a movie that you absolutely love and watch it again. Yeah. Because stuff like that can center you and you're like, oh yeah. Right. Now I remember why I love this art form. Yeah, exactly. And it can be kind of a nice little reset. Yeah. Uh, I had that experience with Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. That was, it was really rewarding. And yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with all you've laid out there. And so, uh, listeners, feel free in the comment section to to weigh in uh, with your own experiences, um, your own frustrations, and perhaps even your own encouragements to other people, because this is something that I think is going to maybe even get more. Uh, There's a conversation that could get more relevant because now, now yeah, I'm going to sound old, but like you can watch stuff on your phone, you can watch it literally wherever and whenever you want it. Right. right. Everything is completely on your terms. And so the urgency that culture uh, is is uh, pushing mm-hmm. now, technology is allowing that to happen. Which and it just enables culture to say, no, 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 you need to watch it now, right, right now, right. So much more. And so, uh, so this is, I think, a very important conversation. Reed, I'm glad you had the thought to 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 turn it into an episode and thank you for having the patience to wait until, uh, someone else could weigh in. No, thanks for talking about it with me. It's, it's been definitely helpful to process it, uh, in, in dialogue rather than just vomit all my thoughts out together. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for agreeing to talk about it. And I think this is a, this is the type of conversation that we should probably try to have more often on more than one lesson. Certainly BP, we have these types of conversations all the time, Sure, but more than one lesson, like, you know, as we're trying to encourage Christians to watch film, I think there's something to be said that, you know, nobody is immune to these pressures. Right. And so as we're trying to, I I won't say teach, I'll stick with encourage as we're trying to encourage Christians with what to watch and how to watch it artistically. Mm -hmm. I think there's also logistically and culturally how to watch something. I agree. And so, uh, so yeah, uh, I, I want to try and have more of those types of conversations here because it can, it can really play into or affect how you respond to something 
emotionally and spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. I think we'll go ahead and leave it there. Episode 200 in the can. Wow. Uh, very exciting. And of course we've done a, a billion minisodes. So of course we've done way more than just 200. Sure. But, uh, but still very exciting. And so uh, thank you, Reed, so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening and we'll get you next time. Bye.